Welcome to the Superpower Success Podcast. It's time to shift your paradigm, gain some inspiration, and get moving towards that next level of success. So many of us look at people who are successful and think, man, that's an overnight success. Like they must have just skyrocketed to, to the level that they're at and what they're doing. And that's the topic we're going to talk about today because I think there's a lot of fallacy in that and what that actually looks like when you look at people's journeys and you look at what that path to success actually looks like, not what you see on social media and not what you can write, really see in the public eye, but happen behind closed doors, right? What all the blood, sweat, and tears that it took to get there. So I am so privileged to have Lena Graves with me. She is the president and chief culture officer of Culture Connects. And she is just an amazing human being. If you follow her on social media and kind of the, the way she thinks, very aligned on kind of looking at people and their stories and, and how that really matters for an organization. And so Lena, I wanna thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule and the craziness being in HR right now, right? And everything that you're dealing with to be here with us today. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Uh, it is such a pleasure to be here today. And, and you're absolutely right. Now more than ever, these conversations matter. Why are we doing what we're doing? And how are we dealing, coping, or learning throughout this whole process as we're all learning new things day in and day out? So this is, uh, is even though we planned this conversation a while back, it, it's almost like we, <laughs> we were prepared for what was coming without even knowing and I'm super excited to be here sharing about my journey and how that overnight quote-unquote overnight success took place yeah so start with that so I, I'd love to have you start with your journey we always want people to just share like how have you gotten to kind of where you're at today what's that what's that jungle gym looked like right as we say yeah yeah so so it's a combination i'll share a combination of both personal and professionally because i think they're both so intertwined in how i got here um, i'm originally from colombia born and raised moved to the united states um, when i was 19 years old i was single mom and pregnant um, moved here when i was eight months pregnant and i had no idea what was in store for me i um I, i'll never forget this i had 200 bucks in my pocket and a baby on the way and no idea uh, what was going to happen. And then in addition to that, I didn't speak English at all, not a single word. And so I was just coming into this new world. But one thing that was solid for me from that beginning was that, you know, all anyone who is an immigrant to the United States from other countries, we all come with this idea of what, you know, what everybody talks about, the American dream and what that looks like. And, um, one thing that was very firm for me is that I knew that whatever I was going to do with my life um, needed to have an impact on others in a very positive way. I think that I always kept that at the forefront of my decisions and I knew that whatever I was gonna do and however that was going to start out, it was going to be something positive for uh, those people who were around me. And so uh, my journey started just at that very entry level, you know, what can I do? And I started working immediately after having the two weeks after having this baby, I started working um, down in Miami, washing cars. And I, before you know, two months into being here, three months into being here with a brand new born baby, I was working three jobs and 
overnight. And um, I, I kept saying, okay, so I'm going to do this because this is what I need to do to stabilize my situation. But then after that, I need to, I need to do something more. And I clearly quickly identified that that's something more uh, in order for me to be able to have that impact on people that I wanted to have required me to be able to speak the language. So I made this very uh, drastic decision that most people thought was um, actually silly in a way that I was going to learn to speak English and I was going to do that on my own because if I quit one of my jobs to go to school, then I would have not been able to provide for my son and all of those other things, that controversy. So I say, you know what, this is how I'm going to do it. And I um, basically stopped watching Spanish TV. I stopped listening to the radio in Spanish. I started reading everything and anything that I would see, even though I had no clue of what I was reading. And I truly, um, I look back to it now and I remember this, I truly looked like a little second grade kid learning to read because I would just read all the um, signs and places and anything. <laughs> and then I would try to make sense of it. So fast forward to that, through that a little bit, it was definitely challenging and it was difficult, but I would say that probably in about a year of that nonsense, I was fairly fluent. And so then other opportunities started coming uh, across. I, I did have some education from Columbia in accounting, but I also knew that I had that type of personality that sitting in front of a computer looking at numbers was definitely not going to be what my full-time ideal situation would be. So I started working in one of the companies that I had, one of the jobs they give me the opportunity to come into the office and work as their payroll person process and payroll. And immediately that, that position led me into assistant employees and answering questions related to their paychecks. And so that progressed into, okay, this is something that I can really explore as a career because now I'm serving that purpose of how can I help people. Um, it actually worked out perfectly being down in South Florida, being bilingual at that point in time, because a lot of times the employees who I was assistant with general questions as they're related to payroll were sort of intimidated by coming into the office and, and perhaps not being able to communicate with the people in the office. So then I started answering questions beyond that. And then I said, okay, this is definitely something I'm interested in doing. And then that progressed into an HR assistant role. And um, fairly, fairly quickly, my career started progressing with my ultimate desire is how can I help people and how can I help create a kinder world? That's, that's the one word that always remain at the top of everything. How can I help people enjoy what they do, right? Regardless of what it is, whether it was me washing cars or me being the today that I am, how can I have an impact so people can enjoy that? And my HR career started progressing fairly quickly. Um, I took it upon myself to learn on my own without without going to school again because I had other responsibilities and other things that that I needed to meet and I took it up for myself to learn everything about employment laws and policies and procedures and all of those things and that's how my HR career started taking off and progressively started moving into uh, healthcare from an HR perspective and truly enjoy that aspect of it because then I was truly being able to see that impact, right? As HR professionals and, and some of the teams that I led, sometimes it's difficult to see how are we impacting people, right? How are we making a positive impact if we're here behind the scenes, particularly in the healthcare space, we're behind the scenes um, 
working and how do we have an impact on people? And so I started training people and teaching people how the interactions that the HR professionals had with the healthcare workers will then return into that positive interaction with the patients that they were treating. And that's where that silver lining was coming from. Um, very quickly, I just learned that that that's where my passion was. That's where I needed to be in helping people and in helping people enjoy what they did. And that was just such an amazing opportunity for me to be able to grow my career to the level that I am today. And then beyond that, to be able to establish a company who is um, there simply for the, with the desire of helping people have better work environments. So amazing. I'm like feverishly scribbling notes here. I'm just, first off, like you probably have one of the most interesting stories we've heard yet. And I think people would look at you online. They'd look at you standing on a stage at your conference, which we will talk about at the end um, and think they would never think that is the story, right? That, that, that is how you've gotten to this point. But what I think is so interesting in your story is that more than most successful people I know is your passion is where it started versus I see so many people that take the accounting job and they're not passionate about it, but they take the job and then they get to 40 and go, why am I doing something I'm not passionate about? Whereas your passion is actually what had you make the decisions all along the way from the beginning, from being 19. Like, I wish I had been focused on my passion at 19. I'd be, I'd probably be doing something. Maybe I'd be doing something different, but I think (laughs) so many of us don't do that. So that's fascinating in your story and kudos to you for for knowing that at such a young age and staying, you know, even through the ups and downs, I'm sure it wasn't all a path either and and staying focused on it. Cause I think it's really, it's easy during easy times to stay focused on passion and it's hard when things aren't going as planned, right. Or when things happen. Absolutely. Yeah. And and that's exactly what happens. You know, when, when, when people look at, um, I said this on a, on a video that I shared recently, when people look at uh, the Lena of today, the, president and chief culture officer, the chief people officer at my, my other job and, you know, all of the things that you do and people say, wow, it's amazing um, what, what some people are able to do. But I think the journey, and I'm so glad we're talking about this, the journey is important because that's a 20 year journey. That's a 20 year overnight success, right? (laughs) I rode a bicycle to work for solid two years because I had to make a decision. Do I spend money on buying a car or do I buy for my child, right? So uh, it, it, it really is, you're absolutely right. I think passion is probably, when we talk about uh, superpowers, I think I'll use that word passion because that is what drove me to do all of the crazy things that if I look back in that journey, I was doing it. And, I, and I'm, it, I always laugh about it because people thought it was hysterical when I was learning and, and everybody kept telling me that you have to go to school. That's not, you're not gonna learn proper English, you're not going to learn, you may be able to speak it, but you're not going to learn to write it or to read it properly and all of this stuff. And I was like, I got this, like, I know I could do this. Uh, and, and I'm not saying that it was easy. It was definitely challenging. There were definitely a lot of tears um, in between all of that. But I knew that if that was my next step, to that goal that I had. How could I reach people? How could I do different things? And um, I look at it today and I said, you know what? Every single one of those steps, as painful as some of them may have been, are exactly what led me to where I am today, where I have this amazing opportunity to stand on a stage and influence so many people. 
to share the stage with amazing individuals who've made an entire career, probably in many different ways than I have, but an entire career of influencing people in a positive way. And not only do I get to be one of the people who shares the stage to do that, but then I also get the person who is creating that environment for others to be able to come together and do that. And um, that is probably to me, one of the most rewarding things that I could be doing right now. What do you see when we talk about this topic of overnight success, right? And clearly we're kind of building that, that it doesn't actually happen that way. Do you, how do you see this in others? Like how, you know, somebody who's, who thinks that way and looks at your success or my success or anyone else's success is why do you think that, why do you think that happens? Why do people get stuck in that? I, I think, I strongly believe this because I've been one of those people, right? If I look at 15 years ago, I was thinking, my gosh, how could I get to be that person, right? How could I get, and, and, and here is even, even more impactful, the person who I was trying to be 15 years ago, and I thought that would have been the absolute dream, bypassed that five, eight years ago and way, way beyond that. So I think the reason why we visualize people in that regard is because it's not very often that we hear the back end of the story. I think that it's human nature for all of us to consistently celebrate our successes. And I'm a very positive person, so I will always celebrate successes. But I think that we as humans tend to hide the not so happy times in our lives, right? We tend to celebrate and share with everybody when we get a new job or when we get a promotion or when we buy a new house or a new car or our kids are doing great in school and they're straight A student or whatever. All of those positive things that are happening in our lives, we tend to be very vocal about it. What we're not so vocal about is the struggles, right? How long did it take you to get there? You know, how many times did you not have money to put food on the table for your children? And how many times did you have to make a decision between do I buy food or do I pay my power bill? And so, of course, it's simple for us to say, oh, look at that person and look at how far they've gone. It's amazing. And they must have, who knows, you know, who knows how they've gotten there. But it's easy to ignore and to ignore to not acknowledge all those struggles because we don't make them as visible to people as we should. And I think we should constantly make those things visible because it inspires other people to know that riding a bicycle in, at two in the morning down in Miami, Florida, not feeling so safe if 20 years ago, it was my mission. And I, you know, I always knew that it was for a greater purpose, but those people who are doing that today, I want them to know that that was the me of 20 years ago because I want them to know that by that dedication and that passion and continue to work hard and continue to try to be the best at anything that you're doing is what's going to get you there. It's not just snap your fingers and suddenly you become the chief culture officer or anything like that. It really is a journey. It's, it's you, we literally could complete each other's sentences because the word I kept thinking about was in, in, inspiring others. Yeah. You don't inspire others just in the highlight reel, right? right. It, it's, yes, that is a piece of like, wow, I'd love to have that life or, you know, mm -hmm. but you inspire them in where you had to pick yourself up, right? Yeah. Because they're in that spot. And I think it's so true about social media. And I've been trying, this has really been something I've been working on. And 
I did a post because I always do, I kind of have this, I haven't been traveling as much, but I, when I go someplace, am I traveling for work or for, you know, for personal, I'll go for a run in the morning and there's always just a beautiful view. Like I'll run, it might be a downtown city, it might be on the beach, it might, whatever. And I post a picture to say, here was my, my strategy session for the morning was, was with this view, I, you know, just grateful. And I did that and everybody was like, oh my gosh, this is so, I can't believe you get to be on the beach. And, right. and I was like, whoa, wait. And I posted another post and just said, time out. Like this was my run in the morning at 6.30 in the morning, but I was stuck in a conference room at this beautiful place for 12 hours a day for three days. Right. Like mm -hmm. I wasn't laying on the beach. It was work, right? It's work. I'm away from my family. And so mm -hmm. I just dumped it all on social because I'm like, I do not want people to think that that is just my life, right? right. There's a lot of stuff behind it that is not that glory. It's very yeah. different. And I think it's important for people to know that when I travel like that, I'm making a sacrifice. I'm not sleeping in my own bed. I'm not going to the soccer games, right? I'm missing those things and I'm making a choice. Right. And it's not to make you feel bad for me. It's to make yeah. you sure you really understand the reality of having to make those decisions in your career right. as you want to move up, like, and you want to have more impact. It, it, there are sacrifices that have to Absolutely. be. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, there is always that fine line between, uh, I, you know, I, again, I'm a very positive person, but there is that fine line between only promoting those things that are good because people get to miss out on all of those things to, to your point i travel a lot for work i've been home for a solid month and <laughs> that's you know that's been a very well received thing by my family but i travel a lot for work and and i received a lot of the same messages people say oh my gosh how exciting you're always in new york city and you're in this places and you're this other places and i said i know a lot of hotel rooms and conference rooms and airports and and again, I, it's not that I want people to feel sorry for me. It's definitely a, a choice that I've made, but it definitely comes with a price. You know, I, I've, how many times I've been on the phone on FaceTime with my husband while he's attending a school event that I wasn't able to be there for and vice versa because he travels for work as well. And that's the other thing. So while, while I don't necessarily want those things to be promoted as, you know, all or you or a Debbie Downer type of situation, I think it's important for people to understand those journeys and those paths and what it truly takes to be there because it, you don't just overnight become the CEO. You don't just overnight become whatever is, whatever is it that you do for a living. And one of the things that I've always said to my children, and, and, and if there is anything that I hope that I would have teach them with my journey is that whether you are that overnight cleaning crew at McDonald's, which I was, that was one of my jobs, one of the three jobs that I had, overnight cleaning crew at McDonald's and, uh, or washing the cars or the chief culture officer at Culture Connects, you were always give it your absolute best. And I think that when you do that, then you forget about others. You're not just showing others what you're capable of at any level, but you're showing yourself what you're capable of at any level. And I think that's a critical message to deliver because I often hear like, well, you know, why, why am I going to kill myself for this job? It's just a job. I don't care for it or whatever the case might be. I was the same passionate person and my family thought it was silly. I was the same passionate person that I am today because I've always looked at what I'm doing is providing something positive for people. 
and fast food might just not be the most perfect example for that. But you know, if my interaction with those individuals, it my coworkers or the people that I was serving or the people whose cars I was washing or whatever the case might be, resulted in a positive interaction for them to then in turn have a better day to then transfer that positive interaction to others, then I've done the job and I live my passion. And so I want people to know that you can live your passion at any level of anything that you're doing, but the choice is yours. You have to decide, you know, does it stink to be here washing cars? Or you know what, I'm gonna do the best that I possibly can so that I can continue to drive towards that goal that I have. Yeah, and create the opportunity. Enjoy the opportunity that you have, but also create that next opportunity. And I think that's Absolutely. important with overnight success is people look at it and say, she must have had so much opportunity. And it's <laughs> like, uh, no, she created her own opportunity, right? There's a difference between give, being given things and, and not that there's not somebody that hasn't helped you along the way and mentored right. you, and maybe you have, but it's not that you've just been given it or you fell into it or it's luck. I believe you create your own luck by the Absolutely. hard work and the perseverance and the grit and all of that is that luck, it opens up opportunities, right? But right. that's not just, I scratched a lottery ticket kind of right. luck, meaning you had to work for it. You have, you have to, you know, I actually relate this topic a lot to HR because obviously as an HR professional and, and an HR professional who mentors, and, and I take a lot of pride in mentoring other younger HR professionals, entry-level HR professionals and how to drive their career, you hear this a lot, right? You hear a lot of HR not having a seat at the table. And a lot of people see HR professionals as the, the no people or you know, what, whatever the case might be. And one of the things that I've, um, that I take a lot of pride on and that I work with a lot of people on is that don't, don't wait for somebody to give you that seat at the table. You take it, but it's your actions and it's how you behave and it's how you interact with others that get you there. I can tell you that I've worked at very large organizations with over 80,000 people. I work for small companies. I've, I've been all of it in between. And even in those organizations, I've heard the whole HR doesn't have a seat at the table. And I went in there and I took my seat. But it's, a, it's about a relationship, right? It's about how you build the relationship with people. Unfortunately, by default, because of the compliance aspect of HR, we sort of kind of created this negative connotation about HR or the people that are going to get us in trouble. But if we behave differently, if we let our compliance piece and our employment laws and policies and procedures that the information or the knowledge that we have, but we make it invisible to the rest of the organization, we have that opportunity to have the seat at the table and we can interact with others and we have to go for it. But I think that instead of just waiting to see if somebody's actually going to do that for us, I think we need to go out there and we need to create those opportunities like you were saying earlier for ourselves. And we are hugely responsible for everything uh, that we do and that we provide. And I think we, we have the opportunities out there. It's just a matter of you going for it and grabbing them. And every single one opportunity that presented itself for me was definitely as a result of I was not going to accept anything less than that. And certainly there has been plenty of mentors in my life who've helped me throughout my career, uh, but it's definitely been one of those things of 
Let's just don't sit here and wait for somebody to teach me to speak English. Or let's just not sit here and wait for somebody to give me a seat at the table in the executive team. I'm going to go for it. And I'm going to build those relationships with people that will make them want me to be a part of that group. I keep thinking of a quote, and I'm not going to get it right, but I think it's in Thinking Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. But something around um, luck is opportunity meeting preparation, right? It, it, it's the, it's the, the middle point of you have a door, might be opening a little bit, you might be able to kind of get a seat, and you're prepared for it. So instead of worrying about opportunity, worry about being prepared. Right? So that you're ready when it happens, because it's not always going to happen according to plan. And it might happen when you least expect it. So being able to speak English, right, being prepared so that when that next job opportunity came, you had what you needed to be able to take it. And I think as we focus on that and put our energy towards that versus I'm not getting the opportunities I need is, mm -hmm. is really important, too, is how prepared are you for when right. it happens? What happens is a lot of people don't realize that the opportunities were there all, all along because they weren't prepared for it, right? So if you're not prepared for it, the opportunity might be invisible to you and you completely missed it because you weren't at that point where you could say, oh, wait, this is something that I could actually do. And so, again, preparedness. And, and I think focusing your attention on what can you do to put yourself in that situation versus what are others doing to put me in that situation? I think that mentality makes a huge difference. Yeah, it gives you the power and the control over it, which is a, you know, a basic human need for you to be able to move forward. Mm -hmm. I love that. So I'm curious, how do you define success when you're mentoring other people, when you even think about yourself and how do you define the word success? I, um, I love that question. That's a great question. I actually define success by the level of enjoyment that individuals get at anything that they are doing. And that could be in a personal level, that could be in a professional level. Um, I can say that I've had jobs that my salary is whatever it is, and I, I am not feeling like I'm fulfilling my success because there isn't that level of enjoyment. I feel if I feel like I was just checking the boxes, then that wasn't where I enjoy, where I feel like I was given my all. And so then I can say that I reach my success in the opportunities that I've had to be able to influence others and to help people and to promote promote kindness. And so it's not to me, it's not tied to a dollar amount, it's tied to that feeling of excitement and passion and enjoyment that I get within myself when I find myself in those positions that or opportunities, whether again, it's professional or personal that are fulfilling me internally and externally that create for create the opportunity for me to influence others. And that to me is the best success that I could have at anything that I might be doing. And what I love about that, and it's fantastic and very aligned on how we think about success, but what that also then allows you is that success isn't a destination, right? It's, it's in the role at McDonald's and that felt good for a while. And then you wanted something more. And then that felt successful because you were in that enjoyment piece. And then you can reach a point where this just really isn't feeling as great as it was. I need a different challenge and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's another level of success because we're constantly talking to, to our coaching clients about you've got to celebrate in those increments. It's not Absolutely. a finish line that you're working towards. It, that's death. Sorry mm -hmm. for everybody. Like 
that's death at the end, right? That's not what we're for. We've got to celebrate along the way. So I think that's a perfect um, definition of it. Um, what would you, what advice would you give to your 20 year old self right now? You know, so, or someone that's just listening and just doesn't feel like they're successful or mm -hmm. they feel like everybody around them has more opportunity or they, they don't have, like what, what, what advice would you give them right now to just help them? That, uh, I work very hard on that even today to this point. And, and I know it's very hard to think this way because it's very hard for me. But the one piece of advice that I would give my 20-year-old self and anyone who is in this journey trying to achieve whatever goals they have is to not forget to enjoy the journey as well. So many times I can personally say that I was so focused on the destination that I missed the beauty of the road that I was on. And I meant that in both ways because I tend to be often very focused on the end result. What is this going to look like at the end, right? I could have never imagined 20 years ago that 20 years from then I was going to be where I am today. So even at that, even though I reached goals that I didn't even have at that point, I was so focused on whatever my short-term, you know, five-year goal or whatever it was that I kept missing the enjoyment that I could have gotten out of that whole journey. And so, and I look back and I said, my gosh, if there is a piece of advice that I would give anybody is it doesn't matter where you are, are on the journey there. You're always learning something and you're always driving towards something, but you don't want to be driving so focused on the end game that you miss everything that's in between. And I can tell you that in many cases, in many situations, um, I have missed what's in, what's in between, what's happening in between all of that. And when I look back to it, I'm like, man, you know, I wish I would have enjoyed that journey a little more. And it's hard to say that because it's very difficult to say, you know, to 20 year old me, single mom, blah, blah, blah. Why are you so, you know, why are you missing the journey when I'm saying, okay, this journey kind of stinks a little bit because I'm working three jobs and I'm getting two, three, three hours of sleep every night. But even that made me who I am today. So, it, you know, it, you, it's, it's kind of like a reverse effect, but I look at it and because of that, because I'm able to look back, I am very intentional today about wherever is it that I'm going, enjoying that journey with the ups and the downs that come with it, because I know that at the end of the day, wherever that's going to lead, I, I may have a plan, but I don't have control over it. So enjoy that process along the way. I think that is such a great reminder for the times that we're in right now too, because there are a lot of people, whether you still have a job, you own a business like me, you lost your job, you're just, you're isolated, whatever it is, is nothing's going according to plan right now, but that right. does not mean success goes away. It just right. means you can't be so married to your plan that you can't let go and kind of allow other things to open up in front of you. There's so many people, and I was one of them early in my career where it was like, I was so focused on my plan. Right. That there were doors opening that I was just like, ah, I missed got my plan, right? And, and right now, there are doors opening, I think, for people who were laid off and that they didn't love their job anyway. Like, mm -hmm. right, maybe this was a door that opened for you to really reflect on that enjoyment and what success means for you and to take that time now right? To Absolutely. really figure it out. Because again, you don't have full control over it. You have control about how you think about it, 
right? And Correct. how you feel about it, which is what will produce your success is the mindset side of it is, is if you can keep that positive mindset as well as you can. I, I just think that's such an important piece of guidance right now that everybody's yeah. dealing with. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I look at, you know, talking a little bit about, about that conference, I look at that and I basically came to a stop, a, a quick stop, just like everybody else, right? It was just like, we're going, we're going, we're going, and boom, there is a stop. And then I started to think of like, what do I do now? Because we didn't have time to prepare. And clearly, one thing I knew is that instantly it made no sense for me to be promoting the conference or trying to get attendees to sign up to come to the conference or try to get uh, sponsors or whatever the case might be. But then that didn't mean that that it died there, right? It meant that I needed to shift my focus to how can I continue to influence people during this difficult time. And so even though it came to a harsh stop, I realized that I need to pause and I need to come up with a creative idea and how, how can I continue to influence others from apart? And then I realized that I could continue doing my videos on LinkedIn and I could continue promoting and then I could continue learning all this new laws that are coming day in and day out to then support those who might be completely stressed out of their minds and don't know how to handle situations like this. And I've learned, I had enough difficult times in my life that I learned to just go with it and shift my direction and and just be able to do something out of it and but it, it really i think for everybody obviously it, it was just that harsh stop you know it was like we were watching it from afar and we were like oh, okay you know something's going on we dealt with this before so we thought right um it'll be fine and i think we were all on that same uh Path, and then suddenly we came to that halter quickly harsh stop and we had to react and, and think differently and that's the one thing that all of those journeys difficult and good times have taught me is that you need to pause shift your uh, energy to wherever is needed and then uh, try to do whatever you can with it the one thing that is the most rewarding thing for me during difficult times and I always share this with people is when I am going through a difficult time or when I'm trying to see how I can help others, I always try to give what I have the least of. And the reason why I say that is because during this journey of Culture Connects and doing all of those things, what I had the least of was always time. I didn't have time to coach people that I wanted to coach. I didn't have, and, and I always try to make time for that. So then when I had to come to that harsh stop of, okay, right now is not the time to promote the conference, but what can I do? I knew that that extra time that I got was intended for me to learn all these policies, laws and procedures and things, or to help people and guide them. And how do you continue to build culture within the organization in the times where culture seems to be the one thing that we can throw out the window because we don't have the time to deal with that. And so I shift my energy from that focus on the conference to now helping people continue to maintain culture or build culture or learn something completely new from this whole experience rather than being focused on who knows what's gonna happen there. Oh gosh, I don't know if the conference is still gonna happen or not. I decided that that's gonna be whatever it is and then my energy completely shift to helping others and that immediate relief just comes down. It goes from stress and I'm losing my mind because I don't know what's going on to 
I can only control how I'm going to react to the situation and how I'm always going to react to the situ situations like this is by helping others. And that's what brings me peace and joy. And that again, success, right? Yep. And that, it just reminds me of a quote that I, I truly have been thinking about it every single day for the last month is that faith is an act of courage. And during these times, it, faith that it's, it'll figure itself out. It might not be according to plan, but it'll figure itself out, right? We'll figure out a solution around the conference. So I want you to kind of end this with sharing how people can get more information on you, what you do, the conference for sure, even mm -hmm. though we don't know the state of it in October, yes. <laughs> something will happen, whether it's this year, next year, or we go virtual. Mm -hmm. I, I know there will be something. So I want people to make sure that they still pay attention to the amazing work that you're doing. So how can they best get information on that? Absolutely. So uh, the website is cultureconnects.com. Outside of the conference, we also do HR consultant. And I am, I am careful when I say HR consultant because I more so call it culture consultant. I can help anybody with employment laws, policies, and procedures. That comes second nature as an HR professional. But what I'm really passionate about is helping people build culture. So um, if you want to check out the website, absolutely do that. And then you can also reach me directly at lena at cultureconnects.com. Um, and again, I've been trying to help people in any way that I can. So don't be shy, reach out, ask a question. You know, there isn't, there isn't a dollar sign attached to that. It's not, I'm not trying to get a business out of it. Just reach out, ask the question. If I don't have the answer, I love digging for answers for things. So please reach out to me and I'll be happy to help in any way that I can. I appreciate that so much. And we'll make sure and we include that in the podcast notes so people can get all of that information. Thank you for being here and being you. <laughs> thank you. And, you know, it's a, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. That means so much. It's, it's times like this where true character comes into play. And I think that I, I, I look back, you know, just, just to touch on that again, I look back at my 20 year old self and my God, I would have been so proud of today. I would have so proud of anything that I'm able to do. And that's what I keep driving to people is that it is possible. We can do it. And it is in times like this where we need to be more committed than ever. Yep. Do something every day that would make your future self proud. Absolutely. I think it's a great reminder for all of us right now. Thank you again for being here. And to our listeners, you know, I hope this lifted you up as much as it did me. Um, to just reframe what success really is and what really matters, especially during these times. You know, that's the reason for this podcast. It's the reason we bring people like Lena on here is we want to inspire you. We want to shift your paradigm and we want you, we want to get you unstuck if you're stuck on something, right? Mm -hmm. So hearing people's journeys helps with that. So we're grateful you continue to engage um, with the ratings and the reviews and the, the emails that we get. And so we're here for you during this time. We hope each of these podcasts just gives you the lift that you need. Thanks, everyone. Thanks so much for listening. If you like this episode, please click that little subscribe button so you get the latest episodes when we release them. And we would so appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to hear from you on how these podcast topics are having an impact for you. And if you haven't subscribed to our newsletter, make sure and go to our website, keystonegroupintl.com to sign up.